Welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. You've tuned into what I think is the best resource for all your business and entrepreneurship needs. We don't talk a lot of fluff on this podcast. It's just the good advice that you need to actually run, run and grow your business. Uh, I'm your host, Blake Benz. I've been doing the podcast for about five years now. And of all the podcasts that are out there, you have stumbled across this one, whether on purpose or by accident. And today we got an important conversation to have. We have something to talk about today that I think, you know, there's a lot of things that are not hard or fast rules in business, but I think what we're going to talk about is something foundational. And if it's something, if you, if you have found yourself in your business struggling to get over that hump, struggling to really get past that revenue ceiling you're stuck at, I think today's episode is going to be pretty valuable for you today. So before we dive in, though, we do have a quick word from one of the amazing businesses that sponsor the podcast. Of course, quick announcement on that. If you have been thinking about your marketing plans for your own business, you might think about our humble little podcast. So it is those advertisements that keep the podcast going. So I do appreciate you listening through. And for those of you who support the podcast as well, all that to say, we'll be right back soon. See you soon. We talk to all sorts of business owners on the podcast, and one of the most common trends is business owners who just, for whatever reason, didn't fit in the corporate environment. A lot of entrepreneurs are seeking something. They're seeking an answer, and they're trying to figure out the simple question of, how do I fit in the world? And more importantly, is there a way to make a living that doesn't involve the traditional nine to five job? One of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to entrepreneurs is, hey, you got to learn about who you are, what drives you, your motivation. That's why I want to tell you about this book, Your Turning Point, 33 Questions for Transformation. I love the impact I've been able to make through Good Advice and the Good Advice podcast, but that would not have been doable without taking an honest assessment of who I was today and who I wanted to be tomorrow. Go to the website, the33questions.com and get yourself a copy of Your Turning Point by Stephen J. Blank. And let's continue on this road for transformation together. Again, the website is the33questions.com where you can buy your book today. So I was talking to a friend on the phone today. We were having a conversation, just catching up, talking about business, um, which is rare. You know, I think I think one of the things that I love about our Tuesday morning group, which if you're local, you absolutely got to check out our growth group on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. at Red Kite in Springdale. One of the things I love about our growth group is that there are, when you run a business, there are such few moments that you have an opportunity to build and connect with your network. You know, when you work in an office, when you work for another company, you're surrounded about by team members constantly, you're talking to your boss, you're talking to customers, you know, and it's, it's, I guess one of the things I never realized in starting my own business was how lonely it would be, how different it would be to you wake up in the morning and there's no team. Even like, it's kind of funny. It's like the emails you get from coworkers that are kind of annoying in the sense of like, you know, you start your day and you have to go through all these different emails. You kind of miss it a little bit, right? It's like the old story of like the, the, the person whose spouse passes away and they like miss the snoring or they miss like the thing that drove them crazy, you know, in a, in the same, in a similar fashion, it's funny how 
you miss the the highs and lows of working with other people when you start to run your own business. So I was on a on a call with a friend of mine this morning. Um, she's been running her business for about five years, and like I said, it's it's just rare where I get the chance to connect with someone else. And we were talking about really the this pain point around how do you get your business to the next level, and it it started developing this insight in my mind, this thing that it reminded me of something I experienced. Back when I was first starting my own company, whenever good advice was originally born. And I, I, I want to, you know, let's do a little bit of a story time for a second here. Let's talk about, you know, we, we all get into business for different reasons. Most people I know, they sincerely, deeply want to help people. And I don't mean that necessarily like in a missional way. Like, I I think sometimes that can get a bit weird where someone's like, I want to help as many people as possible, but I don't want to get paid for it. Like, I feel like there's something wrong with getting paid for it. And it's like, okay, that's, that's noble, but it's not great long-term. Most people I know though, they're, they're doing what they do because they love the intersection of, I'm good at something, I can get paid doing it, and it genuinely helps people. Like a friend of mine, Garrett Peters, with Duncan and Stone, you've probably heard their ad on the podcast before, Um, they sell these amazing journals, these amazing notebooks, these different products. Uh, This is like, I guess, a low-key ad for them, actually. You can check them out on Amazon. But, you know, it's it's one of their journals, like their Dear Daughter journal. It's it's not just a journal. It's it's you're creating this meaningful relic to pass on to your loved one. So it's again, it's this intersection of I'm helping people. I'm making a difference and I'm getting paid for what I feel like I'm good at. This is something that I feel like is so obvious and yet. Many of us, when we start a business, we have a hard time navigating that intersection. We have a hard time checking all of those boxes. In fact, many of us, when we started our business, we did it because maybe we were getting paid really well, but it wasn't the impact wasn't there. Maybe we were tired of you know the rigmarole. I don't use that word every day. The rigmarole of corporate America or the nine to five we were doing, and we thought, man, they're they're just. I'm done with the drama. I want to do something else. You know, running a great business is a beautiful intersection of all of those boxes getting checked, and I want to talk about this today because I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, and we were just talking about her business. And she was saying, you know, I'm feeling like it's it's always so hard to grow the business the way that I want to. And it led to this conversation on, let's talk about your customers. Who is your customer? Now, I came to find out that her, and I actually had already known this. We've actually had this conversation in the past, came to find out that her customers were not-for-profits. Through this conversation, I, 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 we kind of got to the point where I said, you know, I think it just, it, it bears being said, you realize that your main clientele are people who often don't have a lot of money. Now, if you haven't worked in the nonprofit world, there's plenty of amazing nonprofits out there. There's plenty of well-funded, amazing nonprofits out there, but you have to know there's also a number of nonprofits that are 
are not well-funded. Many nonprofits, the person who runs the nonprofit called the executive director is also filling the shoes of what would traditionally be a development director, the person who would be going out and developing uh, a donor base, connecting with people, building those relationships. Often that is the person running the business. It would be like your CEO also being your head salesperson. That typically happens because in many nonprofits, there just isn't enough funds to bring someone on full time. In fact, nonprofit burnout is something that's very common because you often have people wearing a variety of hats. It's not unlike a lot of businesses that we work in, right? So we had this conversation. I said, you know, I think your biggest pain point is you're trying to grow this business with a clientele who they don't really have much money. Again, this intersection of I want to help people but I want to get paid doing it. We're going to come back to that idea in a second, because I don't want to, I don't want to just run away with this thought of is helping people only, does it only look like then for profit? Does it only look like, you know, bigger corporations? And I, I think the answer is no, but I want to come back to that here in a second. Before we get back to that, I want to tell a quick story. Whenever I first started good advice, my mentality was, I, I deeply want to help people. I want to help. I want to make an impact. I love business. I love entrepreneurship. Um, I, I love talking to people. I love coaching and mentoring and teaching. I used to be a high school teacher. I was a, an adjunct professor. I, I, I've been in education for, I mean, geez, 15 years now. I, I love coaching and developing people. So for me, um, you know, I, I, it didn't really matter who it was. I just, I just wanted to be able to make the biggest impact possible. So when I first started good advice, I, and I, it's so funny looking back to some of like the, do you ever like look at like some of your old services or like your old products and just think yikes. Like I, sometimes I look at like my old slide decks, like when I would like pitch people or like bring people into like a class and like try to sell them. I look at some of this old stuff and I just think I cringe. I'm like, Oh, this is so bad. In fact, if I, if I go back and look at like my original, like original content on social media, a lot of it is like inspirational quotes. And like, I think I even had like a presentation that was like why I quit my dream job and why you can do it too. And, and and which even the title doesn't make sense. It's like, why would I quit my dream job? But actually funny enough, it was interesting enough to get people to click on it and come to the class. But, you know, I had worked at this job and it just wasn't a good fit anymore, even though originally it was my dream job. And, um, had, it was the story of like basically starting good advice. And the whole point of it was I quit my job to start this business, which I'm so excited about, which I was totally naive to like the pain and struggle of growing a business. Um, and, and so point being though, I, I, the, the longer term conversation was, Hey, if you want to start your own business, I can help you do that. Well, I struggled. I, I struggled badly. I had a really hard time. I was having lots of conversations and, and mind you, this was five years ago. Um, I knew very little about sales. I thought I knew a lot about sales because I had worked for a brand that had a pretty amazing presence and it was relatively easy to sell. I, I undervalued the brand that I was working for, but I thought, Hey, it's me. I'm a great salesperson, which I wasn't. So 
I start, I start trying to grow this business. I start trying to grow good advice and around maybe it was like the two or three month mark. It, it was early. I was talking to someone else, uh, someone else who was running a seven figure plus business. And I was just trying to, I was trying to soak up as much advice as I could. I was asking questions. Hey, here's kind of what's going on. And I don't know how I got connected. It, somehow we like bumped into each other, like through this Facebook group thing and got to talking and I said, you know, here's what's going on. And he said, well, who's, who's your customer? And I said, you know, I think, I think it's new business owners. I want to help new business owners get their business going. And he said, Blake, why are you helping people who are broke? Which I actually took kind of personal at the time. Like I actually, I thought, I, I thought it was kind of scummy. I kind of thought like, like, oh, just cause they don't have money. They don't deserve help. Like I, and it's, you know, it's funny how like naive we get speaking of being naive. I had uh, a potential customer really early on who was a business owner. And they said, we were talking about like a coaching agreement and they said, you know, I just, I can't hire someone who doesn't have kids because that is such a big part of navigating my business today, which I, back then, again, I took kind of personal. I thought, you know, Hey, I can help you. Like, what does it matter if I have kids or not? Now that I have kids, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I had no flipping clue, like how nutty it would be running a business while having kids. Point being, he asked me this question. Why are you selling to people who are broke? It, it's funny how you get advice from people and how long it takes to come around on that advice. Like, it's funny how long it takes to like, I, I can't even think about things over the years. My wife has told me, which it, it took me like a year or two <laughs> to be like, okay, she was onto something there. She, she knew something there, <laughs> you know, when we're so close to it, it's hard. It's hard to see things objectively. It's hard to get an honest look at you and your career and your business and what's working and what's not. Um, I've even found myself, I, I used to say this a lot early on. I kind of gotten away with it, but as of late, I think I'm going to go back to it because I do get hit up quite a bit for free advice and I, I don't take it personal. I mean, it's not at this point, it's not a big deal. Um, just cause I have, I kind of have this healthy pipeline of business anyway. So it doesn't really bother me early on. It did kind of bother me when I had no customers. And I was like, I don't know if bother me is the right word. It was more of like, please pay me anything, you know, so I can eat tonight, <laughs> but I get people who ask questions a lot. What I have found is this, this saying that I used to say, which was someone will ask me an opinion and I'll say, okay, do you want me to tell you what you want me to say? Or do you want to hear what I have to think? And this is an important distinction. They're not the same thing. Do you want me to say what you want to hear? Or do you want me to be honest? Because what I have found is people will come to me for advice, but they don't really want advice. They want someone else to say that's a good decision rather than to tell them it's a bad idea. Because what I'll see is people who they'll ask me a question, I'll say, you really don't want to do that. And here's why. And then they just go do it anyway, which is fine. But I, I just, and, and, and by the way, I'm also willing to be wrong. There's been times where I've been like, Hey, that's not a great idea. And it's worked out for people just the way it goes. Right. Either way about it. I have just found that, um, 
you know, when I'm giving perspective to people, I try to really hone in on, you know, are you looking for genuine advice or are you looking for affirmation? Because we can take those conversations two different ways. Point being, you know, when you're running your business, you get into a situation where it's, it's suddenly the effort doesn't have a meaningful output to it. You're working hard and yet it feels like the momentum has stalled. The business has stalled. The, the traction isn't quite there. That moment came for me after I actually got this piece of advice where I kind of realized, what am I doing? Like, I'm really struggling to get paid here. I'm really struggling to get paid. I'm really struggling to make the sale. Now, in hindsight, having done business five years later, my my conceptual thought process around sales and engaging with people and talking with people, I've just realized that sales is so much easier when you're actually talking to the right person. And there's a lot to unpack here. Like I've been on sales calls before where I, and I, I've done this in a way where I've kind of worked this out myself, where I'll ask some really smart questions to figure out, am I talking to the right person? Because it's not uncommon for a business owner to have someone else call me and say, Hey, yeah, this is what we want to do. This we're looking for. And it's like, okay, well, am I, am I talking to the right person? Cause if I'm not talking to the right person, let's find a way to loop that person in just so I don't have to go through like the, the steps of conversation. But more important to that is, is this my right customer? You know, I think about podcasting, for example, and selling podcast advertising and selling, you know, now I'm selling this program on starting your own podcast. The people who've said yes to this are not brand new business owners. They are people who are, they, they're on their career. They've been in their professional career and they have the cash to actually pay for it. So I was talking to my friend and I said, you know, you're the problem you've run into is the way you have designed your business from the get go is essentially playing at a disadvantage. It actually reminds me of another a person I was having lunch with and we were talking about his business and it was like a construction business or something like that. So we're talking about his business and he said, and the conversation, the way it evolved was I basically asked like, well, you know, there's a lot of construction companies out there. Like, what's your plan to compete? Like, what's your plan to like build this thing? And he said, I have, I have the perfect answer. And I said, okay, what is it? He said, we're going to attract great talent by paying people the day they work for us. So if we go to a house or we go to a construction site, we do a job, whatever it is. At the end of the day, my workers immediately get paid for the hours they've worked. And that's going to attract incredible people who want to work with us, who want to stick around with us because they know the cash will always be there. It's not a bad idea, but I pushed back and I said, there's a couple things to think about here. First of all, the way you're trying, and this is a whole nother conversation, by the way, the way you're trying to differentiate yourself is something that I don't know you need to differentiate yourself in like paying the day of versus two weeks later or 30 days later, you know, it's, it's, I, if everyone expects that to be the norm, 
and that's like the societal, like this is how we function. I don't necessarily see a reason to change that, if that makes sense. But the other thing about this that I think is more potentially devastating is the way you've designed your business from the get-go, you've put yourself in a really challenging position. Because think this through. Your construction workers come to the site, they work a full day, and you pay them out of your pocket that day. But your customer doesn't pay you immediately. Your customer may not pay you. I mean, if you've taken money up front, it's different. But in this case, that wasn't the case. Your customers are paying you down the road. And so you have this, this, this cash gap, this cash flow problem of your spending, which by the way, overhead and wages, like these are typically the, the largest expenses in business. You're spending money on people that you're not getting reimbursed for or profiting from till much later. Like, what's your plan to solve that? And he's like, well, I got, I got a, quite a bit of cash saved up and, you know, I think it's going to be okay. I ran into him a few months later. Maybe actually it was like six or seven months later. I said, hey, how's that going? Uh, well, you know, it didn't really work out, it, which it wasn't like to stroke my ego to be like, ha I told you. <laughs> but I just kind of thought like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Could it have worked? Maybe, but you like you, sometimes you have to understand that the game of entrepreneurship is so freaking hard that you need every advantage you can get. You need every advantage that you can get seriously. So why make it more difficult on yourself? So let's talk practicality here. Let's talk. What do you do now with this information with your business? The first thing you got to think about is Again, thinking about that intersection of, I love what I do and I want to get paid doing it. You need to ask yourself, do your customers have the means to pay for your service right now? I'm not talking about, I had a customer one time who, um, they, we were talking about working together and they were like, yeah, like we're supposed to get like, I, I can, maybe, I can maybe get a loan or take out a credit card, you know, take out a, a cash advance to pay you. And I, and that was an immediate red flag. It was like, Whoa, okay. Hang on. Hang on. If, if you're in a precarious space right now, financially, this may not be the right fit for you. Now, I know there's probably some marketers out there who'd be horrified by this. I mean, I've known people out there who it's every every person who can pay you is your customer and you should pursue them fully. I, I think that's totally BS, by the way. I, I, not everyone can be your customer and not, not all customers are created equal. Some are great customers. Some are regrettable customers, not because they're bad people, but just because because of the nature of where they are in their business and their you know, how they maybe even see your industry. It's just not, there's not alignment there. Right. But thinking about that intersection, I want to get paid well, and I want to do something I love that requires knowing who your customer is. I was giving advice to someone a few years back and she was, uh, she ran a, a bakery out of her kitchen and we were chatting and she said, you know, my, my biggest pain point is people who, they tell me they can't believe how expensive my cakes are when they can go up the street of Walmart and they can buy a cake for much cheaper. How do I compete on this price? I, I've already dropped the price as much as I can. Like, how do I, how do I do this? And I said, it's, it's the wrong question. The wrong, it's the wrong question. The, the question is not, how do I compete against Walmart? 
that that's the you, you won't. I mean, bottom line, you won't. You will never have the means to compete with a corporate entity like that who can run in the red much longer than you can and who has the resources and scale that you do not. It, it'll never happen. So I told her the, the question is the wrong question. You need to understand who is my customer because your customer who would come to you to buy an artisan cake is not the same person who's running up to Walmart. It's not, you know, I mean, I, I, it, I think about my friend, uh, I mean, I'm actually, I haven't talked to him in a while, Jordan Wright, who started Wright's barbecue. And I, I kind of laugh about this in hindsight because back in, the, I don't know what I haven't eaten there recently, but I think back in the day, it was like when he first started, it was like 12 or 13 bucks for some brisket. And I was like, that's really expensive brisket. Well, here in town, I mean, you go to a, you know, a local chain, you'd spend seven, eight, nine bucks. So comparatively it was like, yeah, this is more expensive, but the person who goes crazy for rights barbecue is not the same casual barbecue eater who goes to one of those chains. It's important to know who your customer is. Sometimes this is a hard conversation because when someone tells us, no, it's hard to know, did that person tell me no, because my product isn't as valuable as I think it is. Like, I think it's a $500 service. And then now I'm realizing Ugh, people are telling me, I don't know about this. And it's really more of like a $200 service. So I think parsing that is a whole nother conversation and it's hard to be honest and transparent and self-reflective and really think these things through. Sometimes it's not that sometimes you're just talking to the, to the wrong person. What I've tried to do in my sales process, when I'm meeting someone for the first time is I try to get as much out in the open as quickly as possible. Now I, I try to do this in a way that isn't pushy or awkward or, um, creepy or weird, like, which you'll understand in a second, once I start, start talking about the questions I ask, but when I get on a conversation with someone, like when someone calls me and they say, Hey, I need, and people always make the same joke. They're always like, I need some good advice, <laughs> which, you know, I guess this is what I've signed up for with my business name. Right. But I, I feel like this is like such a thing. Like I need some good advice, you know? And I'm like, you came to the right place. Right. But I'll get on a phone call with someone. They'll say, Hey, I need some good advice. Here's what's going on. Can you help me? What's going on? Yada, yada. And I'll typically, one of the first questions I ask is, okay, how long have you been in business? What do you sell? And how much of it have you sold? What's your revenue or how many units have you sold? What, what have you? I, I ask those things very deliberately. Part of that is it lets me know if I'm the right fit for someone. It lets me know if, okay, you know what? I, I don't know. And, and it really is twofold, by the way, like part of it is like, I was on a call with someone who we were talking about something they sold. They sell a, a, a product online. And I said, well, how many have you sold? And I think they said, we've sold 12. And I said like 12 today, 12 this week. And they said, we've sold 12 total and they're $30 each. So we've made 300 bucks in like the last three years of business. So I thought, okay, um, probably not my customer this is probably not my customer, the person who um, has made 300 bucks in three years because they can't afford this service that I'm trying to sell, 
right? So the question that I'm solving then isn't, oh, well, what, what can I sell them? Maybe I could do like a $10 a month, you know, subscribe for six months to get good advice from me. Like we're not doing that. That, that now you're creating, you're trying to create a solution to reel in this customer who really never should have been your customer in the first place. And also when someone's in that position, when you've sold 12, there's really not a lot of things that I can offer that's going to just totally catapult your business. Now, I do think I'd, I'd give some great advice. Uh, and in, in that conversation, the conversation shifted from this is no longer a sales conversation. This is a in the next 15, 20 minutes. How do I give you as good direction as I can to hopefully send you on your way? It's like, you know, I can't commit to six months of donating time to you, but I can give you 20 minutes, right? Point being, though, we're talking about, again, I'm trying to help as many people as possible while also getting paid doing it, you know, trying to actually build a sustainable business. And that's really the long term conversation here. If you want to do what you do long term, you have to make enough money doing it. And my friend Stephanie Medford, she was the um, CEO of our local Ronald McDonald House Charities organization, one of the absolute best nonprofits there is. Uh, and I mean, it's just an incredible team, incredible organization. Um, one of the things that she would say was basically along the lines of the more money that you bring in, the more impact that comes from your mission. The, the greater the means of your mission, basically, to impact people. You know, when we make more money, it allows us to help more people. And that's not something like we tell ourselves to feel better. It's, it's literally what it is. There was a not, I think I've told the story recently, but there was a nonprofit several years ago that I was working with. And I said, Hey, what's your revenue? Talk, talk to me about like, what kind of money are you bringing in? And they said, Ooh, we really don't like to use that term. We don't really like to talk about revenue. It just, it feels a bit dirty. It feels like anti to the, like the meaningfulness of what we're wanting to do. And I was like, I mean, guys, like we got to talk about this at some point. Well, down the road, they went out of business. And again, I thought, I'm not really surprised because you weren't willing to, you weren't willing to, to, to tread that line of doing something you love and making money doing it. So if you're having a hard time selling people, it may not be the product. It may be you've made this business journey harder than it needs to be. The takeaway then is getting in front of the right people, looking for the right people, and finding creative ways to talk to those people. It's not always easy. It's not always easy to talk to the right person, but what is very easy is to talk to the wrong person, to get on a call, to have a conversation, to meet someone for coffee who will never, ever, ever be your customer. Doesn't mean that you can't have coffee conversations with people who aren't, I mean, let's be realistic here. I'm not being insane about this, but I am saying if you are looking at your business, and you're wondering, why can't I move the needle? Do you have the right customers? Are you talking to the right people? Uh, it's worth thinking about. Hey, that's today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Good Advice Podcast. Don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash goodadvice, where you can get ad-free episodes for as little as $5 a month. 
Also, if you want to support the podcast through advertising on the podcast with your business, you can reach out Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. Thank you to all of you who support the podcast long-term. I so appreciate it. And I love that I get to do this for a living. So all that to say, that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.